share the story after the song. Okay. <laughs> now, what are the chances that I would be playing a Metallica song? <laughs> None. You win the lottery with that one. Good morning, Noodleberg Daily Huddle. <laughs> David Allen is right over there. <laughs> Good morning. This is my favorite coffee shop. Which, by the way, anybody that wants to join me for a morning coffee, wear a mask and come on up. Good morning, Douglas. Appreciate the message. Appreciate the connection. Glad to have you in the group. Good morning, Jay. You know, how cool is it for Douglas, man? Because his last name has more in it. Let's get yeah. more. <laughs> more. No doubt. It's Monday, but what Monday feels like every other day to me. Like this could be, this could have been, I don't know, Thursday, Saturday, I don't know. Always good to see you, Paul. Jim Barrett, off to Never Neverland, baby. The Gold Farbs are here. All right, uh, Dr. Noodleberg, what do you say we get this party started? Why don't you share? Uh, that song is Enter Sandman, Metallica. So, I tell you, it was influenced by Michelle. She heard me putting together this morning's huddle info, and I was in another direction on songs that have to do with sleep. And she goes, Enter Sandman, Metallica, bam. Very appropriate for the content today, but for those of you that are ACC fans, uh, you know, ACC football fans or come from Virginia or Blacksburg natives, Virginia Tech enters the stadium to that song and has for decades at this point. And playing there uh, when I was at Florida State a couple times, once on a Thursday night, once on a Saturday night. But those games in Blacksburg, especially because you're Florida State, so everybody gets up for you. But Virginia Tech was good during those times, Tyrod Taylor and, and, and people like that. Um, and so that the beat plays as they come walking through, and they have a long walk yeah, from their facility. They have a long walk from the facility to the field, and the entire stands are jumping while the beat is playing. And then when the drums drop and they start to really get into the song, they come out of the tunnel, the fireworks go off. So, again, the emotion of the entrance – that's a really, really good one. Good, good stuff. Uh, so today's conversation, just so you know where we're going with this. Good morning, Christy. Welcome aboard. This morning's conversation is about, you know, we spent all last week talking about stuff that habits and what are you doing with your waking hours? What do you do with your morning ritual? So we'll go over it. Um, last week, Monday was about decisions. We continued on the decisions. Tuesday was the red team and 10th man. Wednesday was your personal advisory board. Thursday was flipping the switch, which was you, cool. And then Friday was the little things, which, by the way, unbelievable interaction on Friday. Fantastic. Thank you. A lot of fun. We really enjoyed that. But I don't think people pay attention to what they do with sleep. 
And so today's going to be um, about sleep. We're going to talk, uh, and you had some comments before we get started. Well, I just think, you know, we talk about scheduling. We talk about, you know, controlling your awareness and, and, and time management and attention management. And you put so much effort into making sure that you're trying to be the best version of yourself in the work hours. But just as hard as you try to push your body, you work out, the recovery piece is just as important because burning out is a real thing. And if you don't make sure to manage your body and manage the recovery, just as you're managing the workload, you cannot go forever. At some point you're gonna burn out and that's when you have to restart the process all over again. So understanding the importance of not only sleep, but everything that goes into the recovery of how hard you're trying to push yourself is critical. I love that. And big shout out to uh, City Furniture, who are the mattress guys and gals. So uh, if you're going to sleep, which we, we're going to suggest today, might as well sleep on something really good. So a couple of, you know, Monday morning facts. You know, I like to start out with some crazy just stuff to kind of stir your pot. Jeff Bezos is now personally worth more than Nike. McDonald's, Costco, and almost 50% of the Dow. I uh, wonder what his sleep habits are. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out later. And oh, it's we will. Very similar to mine. Ah, there are, there's foreshadowing <laughs> there. That's works. That's works. Um, in the world of anything's possible, um, four-year-old lands a book deal for his astonishing poetry, Nadim Shama Shugan. Um, basically has recited po uh, poems to his mother. Somebody heard the poems and is taking that and it will be published in October. They got, a, they got a book deal and it goes to show you that the mind of a child is the ultimate mind because it's so pure in emotion and thoughts and curiosity that if you can continue to harness your child forever, you'd be successful. So, so here's what's bizarre. It says uh, the poem talks about uh, the poems talk about important feelings for your own, like love, loneliness, and uh, Nadim finds the perfect words. Mind-boggling to me. Like, how does a four-year-old even know the perfect words? Because I think there's a lot of people in the world that still haven't figured out the words. <laughs> well, no, I think it's the inverse. I think you start as a child with knowing exactly how you feel and what you want. And then the environment and the world and everything else forces you to bottle them and change them. And that's not okay. And this is okay. He, he knows no different. He's got no fear. We'll share what he feels, how he feels it. And that's why it's so pure and people are excited about it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, uh, so now we're going to talk about, uh, we'll flip the gears and talk about sleep. So, what if you could boost your success just simply by laying down? I mean, you know, so um, sleep is underrated. It took me a big part of my life to realize that your memory, your focus, your ability to think clearly are all harnessed by the quality of your sleep. So uh, I'm going to illustrate some of that. I love reading. You know that I have going to switch to books, which I read books at night because it helps me sleep. But there's some cool stuff here. Key findings about what people in the world, what their sleep habits are. 
Donald Trump and Gordon Ramsay are the shortest sleepers on this list that I'm gonna share with you. Each of them works right up to bedtime and then sleeps for three hours. Can't do it. Doesn't work for me. So here's my favorite guy. Like you wanna follow somebody. Mark Wahlberg, right, is our earliest bird. Wahlberg goes to bed at 7.30 or eight every single night and wakes up at 2.30 for prayer, breakfast, and something called cryo chamber recovery. Have you been in a cryo chamber? I've never been in one. We actually, yeah, very badass, very dangerous. We actually had a kid who went in and did it, right, on his own as part of his recovery plan, but didn't wear the proper socks. Almost got frostbite. We lost him for three weeks. Oh, you, you could do that. I mean, that that absolutely <laughs> happens. So it, it was stu stupid crazy. Um, the nightest owl, night owl, if you will, is Mark Zuckerberg, who presumably spends small hours on Facebook before he hits the sack at 3 a.m. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, now, I didn't bring it up today, but we certainly could go there. Uh, one of the guys that they reference is Kobe Bryant. Yep. Kobe Bryant, when he accepted, I think it was an ESPY, um, and he did a speech called Because 4AM. Yep. You know, which I'll probably do tomorrow. I'll leave that to tomorrow. But he talks about, you know, that's really more my uh, morning routine. But anyway, um, there's so many, um, you know, great sleep stories that I thought I would just jump into them. There's a list of Azilnia, uh, Mark, I sent you the list. Why don't you jump in? Well, so I think it's important for everybody to realize that while we're talking about Donald Trump and a couple of guys who only sleep four or five hours, when you talk about uh, Wahlberg, I think Wahlberg sleeps for a total of six and a half hours. So, so, so I think the, the recommended hours of sleep a night is eight hours, which is important if that's what you need. I think everybody needs to figure out what they need and what schedule works best for them. Barack Obama goes to sleep at one o'clock, but then wakes up at, you know, five. He sleeps for four hours or seven, whatever it is, he sleeps for six hours. So understanding that you, it might not be your schedule to get up at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning because your day might not get started until noon. So for you getting up at seven is five hours ahead of everybody else whose day is starting, but you're going to go ahead and work till you know, 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning. So understanding that the schedule shifts and that it has to work for you in order for it to really be successful. Well, you know, it's interesting because last week I did my friend Dana Cavalea, um, who uh, spent 12 years as the strength coach for the New York Yankees, has won a couple of World Series with them. And he asked me a couple of pointed questions and he was like, you know, all about morning routines, all about decisions, you know, that, that people make. And he said, well, you know, you're a guy that, you know, used to travel a lot. You're on the road, you're out with people. Well, you know, like I went out Saturday night with Ken Ponzarelli, who is in the huddle this morning. Good morning, Ken. We had a blast, but we originally started with reservations at 6.30, right? We started talking about, it. I said, hey, I'll be there early. And then we moved him to 5.30. Now we went 5.30 to 9.30 plus, but it wasn't seven to 11. It was, you know, that difference in time, you know, is good for my body. We ate, we drank a little bit, we socialized and had great conversation, but those are choices for me that would have screwed up my Sunday workout. 
Like I went for a run yesterday. I didn't want to be tired. I didn't want to be hungover. And I, I think those are, you know, when you look at your life and what you want to squeeze out of your body, those are significant choices of what sleep can do for you. 100%. And also looking at what you do to your body. Like not everybody, like I posted a video of me using the elevation mask in my class. I'm pushing my body very physically hard right now. So no matter what, whether you're trying to learn something and you're using mental energy or you're working out really hard and you're using physical energy, you're applying stress to your body. So the level of stress is different. Physical stress is harder on your body than mental stress, but it's all still stress. So if you're completely mental stress all day long, you might only need four hours of sleep to get rejuvenated one full REM cycle and then you're ready to go again. As opposed to like Tom Brady sleeps for nine hours a day. Why does he sleep for nine hours a day? Because he's physically taxing his body all day, every day. Everything is physical for him. So he needs the longer recovery time in order to get his 40 plus year old body back to where it needs to be to go back to the same grind. So I think understanding what your schedule is affects how much you sleep and why you sleep. And for those that are wondering, when we had uh, lunch with Coach Wanstad, Coach Wanstad is friendly with the strength coach of the Buccaneers. And he said he's they've never seen anybody like Tom Brady because he makes those right choices of how he sleeps, what he eats. So anything jump out at you at the people, Gary Vanerchuk, who everybody is, you know, knows is a big social media dude. He gets six hours of sleep. He goes to bed at 11 and he wakes up at five every day. Seems fairly reasonable to me that, you know, six or seven hours generally should be enough. Anybody else jump out at you there? Yeah, Bezos. I think Bezos was 10 to five um, with seven hours, I think is what his was. And that to me makes sense. Yeah, it's exactly right. Jeff Bezos is 10 to five for seven hours. That's me. By the time I hit nine o'clock and also – What's really good, and we should post this article for everybody so they can see it, because they don't break out what their schedule looks like for their workday, but they break out their schedule for what it looks like when they get home. So making dinner or eating dinner, socializing with friends and family. So social media time to interact with people, send text messages, interact with your spouse at home, your kids at home, then relax time because your sleep environment, just because you go to bed doesn't mean you get good sleep. So, and I know Christy can talk about this and our city furniture people can talk about this, but your sleep environment is very important to the kind of sleep you get and the kind of sleep you get directly relates to the actual recovery that happens. If you drink a lot before you go to sleep, your mind never enters REM. You don't ever enter REM. You don't, you can sleep for 12 hours. You wake up feeling worse than if you wait, sleep for six hours on a clear mind. So understanding that blackout shades, the kind of mattress you have, how your bedroom is set up and, and, and how far your phone away is from you, distractions, all those kinds of things are really important when you're talking about sleep. I, I love it. I mean, and just to close out the conversation, you see Tiger Woods at eight and a half hours every night. You see Tom Brady leading the list at nine hours a night. So um, we are big fans of suggesting that success leaves clues. I'll post the article in the Facebook huddle uh, group so that you guys can see it. But, um, you know, really, really good stuff. 
because again, if you pay attention to the people who are getting what they want and you can emulate what they do, great things happen. So it's when I was reading the article that like kicked off something in my mind and I went back in the archives, Mark and I, as you know, are putting together a tremendous amount of content. And I found an article that I wrote years and years ago when I was doing the huddle. I don't even remember what company I was doing it, but I know that people get up in the morning and they talk about, you know, a daily allowance of vitamins or intake and, you know, all the, you know, the world is pushing, the supplement world is pushing stuff at you. And I said, you know what, there's a steady diet of mindset things that I think you should pay attention to. And so I created one. Uh, Mark, did I send you the list? Yep. You want to jump in and do a few? Sure. You want me to start off with the first one? Yeah, let's just roll down the list real quick. The, so the first one is optimism, which I think, I mean, optimism is very different than just positivity. Optimism is the knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's knowing that something is going to happen. You might not know when, you might not know how just yet, but the belief inside of you creates the attitude that you will get through, you will continue, which is critical to being able to continue to press on. I love that. And I want people to envision that if you had this list in front of you when you were brushing your teeth, you could physically take a spoon and take some of optimism, gratitude, which we've talked about before, adversity. I'm going to take some adversity, man. Bring it. I'm ready for it every single day. I know that by facing adversity, facing challenges that are going to come my way with the right attitude, boom, I'm going to get there persistence. Give me a scoop of that. You know, the thing that you tried and failed at the recommended daily allowance is to try again, try something that you did that you suck at. Try it again. Cause that next time is going to be the one that you get it. I love it. Education. And for me, that's how I start every morning. My alarm clock goes off at five o'clock. 5 to 5.10 is my wake-up time to do what I need to do, brush my teeth. But then from 5.10 to 5.35, I am in education mode. I'm bringing in a new article. I'm reading something. I've got books that I'm reading, right? We've got books. So what are you reading? Which, by the way, here's a classic for you, Dad. Oh, my God. That's, that was my favorite book. That is Highlight one of my favorite up. Highlight it up. I mean, How long ago did I give you that book? You must have been uh, eight, uh, almost 10 years ago. Wow. Almost 10 years ago. It was like 2000 and in, uh, 2011 or 2010, wow. I think, right wow. at it. And let me tell you something. If you're reading that again, the, the highlights, it's probably better today than it was then. It's still just as appropriate. And it's, I mean, it's spot on. And it's for anybody so who wants to know. So, so why don't we close this out and then yep. talk about books? So, I yep. mean, um, closing out the vitamin stuff, uh, generosity passion, humor, compassion, and imagination. There's your daily allowance for anybody who wants this list. I'm not just going to post it there dormant. Get off your ass and ask, text either one of us and we'll send it to you. Do the work and get this list because if you focus on it every single morning, like I do in my mirror right there, bam, great things happen. I love that. Okay. So let's switch to uh, last week. We wound up the weekend for whatever reason, you know, we, we got into talking books and books are so powerful. So Annie Gottwald um, thanked me for suggesting the subtle art of not giving a fuck. 
Now this Great. book jacked up with yellow um, highlights and all kinds of, I'm all, you know, I bookmarks and all kinds of stuff through it. So I'm committed to reading this again because I laughed out loud. It was pretty good. Guess what? Scott Garber just texted me. You get the list, man. Good work. <laughs> so, uh, so I go to dinner last night with Ken. I bring him masks, which I thought was kind of cool. He brings me a book, Competing for the Future. So uh -huh. you give somebody a book. Here's what happens. Number one, you assume that they're smart. Wow. I was like, wow, you think I'm capable of reading this book and digesting it? <laughs> That's a very, very nice gift, number one. Number two is, you ever see anybody throw out a book? No, they don't throw out books. And then lastly, in conversations with JC and Howie, um, we were talking marketing of this amazing, amazing uh, program that Optavia is and has helped me manage my diet and my brain and everything like that. So I got into talking to them and I suggested this book to them, Sun Tzu, The Art of Business. So Sun Tzu wrote this like three million years ago. He wrote The Art of War a million years ago. Correct. Right. He converted it to The Art of Business. Somebody which, took the book, and it's a revised edition. Mark McNeely took the book and made it about business. Which is exactly what I'm going to do with this. Because this book, Finding the Winning Edge by Bill Walsh, this is known as the coaching Bible. This breaks out every aspect of practice, games, game planning, seasons, the organizational chart on what to do. If you did that for business, all successful businesses have something that does this exact thing. It's the exact, it's, it's the only way to really organize and detail what is your job? Because I think where most organizations go wrong is nobody really knows what their job is. So if you detail what every person's job is, what Bill Walsh did in this book, you can guarantee success because then it becomes about focusing only on what your job is, not doing everybody else's. Love it, love it. I really wish you were more passionate about what we do here. You know, can't break, out, break out of your shell, be more forward. Um, but here's what I'd like to do in this, in this huddle, the Facebook portion where we can all communicate with each other all the time. Let's suggest books, but don't just post the book post the book and what it meant to you. Yep. What did it do for you? Because the book that Mark's talking about, The Saint, The Surfer, and The CEO, that was written by Ramid Sharma. That is one kick-ass uh, story um, that really um, is about why. It really yep. is. It, it really is helping you define your why. So thank you for kicking off Monday with us. We're chock full of stuff. We're full of vitamins. We're ready to go. Let's kick <laughs> something up and make it. We got one week left. Left, enter Sandman. Da -na 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 -na. <laughs>